Welcome, welcome to another episode of DC TVD. We are coming at you live from the Mind Space Center, the Nerve Center here on Absolutely. K Street, Washington, D.C., the Washington Post Building. This is our inaugural show from this new space. My name, I'm your co-host, I'm Ian Taranji. Yes. Here, as always, the lovely Michelle Bush. Hello, good evening to all. Yes, yes. And the venerable Marcus K. Dowling. I'm in the building. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So this is DCTVD. This is your weekly rundown of politics. Usually some more politics. <laughs> and then... And, uh, and some collusion. Some collusion. <laughs> collusion, collusion. Uh, some felonies. T-shirts coming Felonious soon. content. And uh, and then we'll talk... We talk culture. And, and dipshittery. Dipshittery. Malarmy. Americana, Americana dipshittery. Americana Ameri dipshittery. Americana dipshittery. Yeah. That's exactly right. Terms. Yes. But not fuckery. That is Marcus Donovan's. Uh, that's the oh pastor. yeah, no. yeah. That's the pasteurized chef's thing. We don't do the fuckery here. No, 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 no. We yes. only do dipshittery. Dipshittery dip is as far Americana as we go. Americana dipshittery. That is a line that we do not cross. Yeah. So, we are happy to have you joining us here uh, again from this new beautiful new studio. Uh, Want to give a big shout out thanks to the crew, to Nick and Mike back behind the yes, boards. Yes, production. Manning it, making us look good, um, making us sound good. I hope. Um, and so the, we've got. How uh, is this the 21st episode of DCTV? This is the twi for 21 weeks. Yeah, it's like a thing, isn't it? God, for five months, we you have, have to deal with us. Oh, I don't know how y'all do it. All yeah. two, all two, three viewers. God bless <laughs> two, you. Both of you. Both of you. Both Thank of you. you. And I think it's just us. <laughs> yeah, that's Follow. Right. That's right. I'm like, wow, we've got two viewers. And I'm like, wait a second. Each other. Michelle's on. I'm on. Yeah, that's just oh, us. Shit. We're just following each other. No, it's all love. It's all love. It is. It is. Uh, who? Oh, hey. Boo boo. What boo -boo. up? There. Say something. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's let's give a little rundown what we're going to talk about uh, tonight. We are going to talk. We had a, a pretty extraordinary week. This is why I like doing the show on Monday. We really mm -hmm. get to reset the week that was. Yes. Um, and it was a pretty remarkable week last week, especially Tuesday. Tuesday seemed to be sort of like the ground zero of like Trump world imploding. Basically, the walls are kind of crumbling, are closing in, yeah, closing in on them. This is the first of, of many yeah. times where this will occur. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is it's, a, it's it's so day to day, talk, week to week. So yeah. we're gonna talk. So we're gonna talk Mueller investigation, mm -hmm. Russia investigation stuff, and uh, Trump's Americana dipshittery. Yeah. Then yes. uh, we're gonna talk about uh, the passing of Senator John McCain, yes. Republican senator from Arizona, the six Maverick. time, six times, uh, uh, six times was elected to the United States Senate. Right. Um, venerable, they're actually talking about changing the uh, the name of the Russell, renaming the Russell. Senate building uh, to the McCain building. That's mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, and we so should, he, I, I think, do that. I think that there is a lot of positive that we can discuss. Even us on the uh, on the left side of the spectrum, there's a lot of positive that we can discuss. Right. Uh, but I think we also shouldn't paper over a lot of the problematic. Uh, no, of uh, course. Things that he stood for, of course, and things that he tried to do. So of we're course. gonna we're gonna you know I think I I'd, I'd like to say that we're gonna have a, a, a fair. Reading of Senator McCain's legacy. Yeah, Which yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think that there's varying shades of the left here, so I yeah. feel like we'll be good with that. And and the title of the show is uh, what did I say? Restwell Maverick. That's right. We are still a mess. <laughs> Indeed, we are. <laughs> still a mess. Uh, so we're, I also want to talk about uh, the DNC this week eliminated super delegates. Yep. Yes. And so my question coming out of that is: first of all, did Bernie actually, in some ways, 
win the 2016 Democratic primary. Ooh. Um, and secondly, getting rid of superdelegates, that all sounds great. That's sort of a win for the Bernie Sanders wing, but is that a good thing? No. It's, it's is not. it a good thing? No. We will discuss. We will discuss. Um, if we have time, and God, I really, really hope we do, I want to talk about <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Who? Um, oh. What Who? is going on? What is it? What is going on <laughs> it was, uh, with it my was, girl Nikki? It was put Nikki, together. If you're watching, if you're watching, oh god, we're here for you. Mm-mm. No, they, here for they, you. he may be here for you. <laughs> oh, oh, let me look at we this camera. What's up, girl? But you know, good, good stuff. But we have, mm-hmm. we have your best interests. At heart. No, he has and your best interests. Oh, we're just gonna have an honest conversation. I think. I think sometimes we have to have an honest conversation. Well, right. we're gonna be real honest with the ones that we love. Yeah, there it is. So you must um, love Nikki. We're gonna we're gonna have our bish sesh, and then we're also gonna talk about my favorite thing. So let's yep. get right into it. Um, on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, Paul Manafort, former chair of the Trump 2016 campaign for president, uh, found guilty mm-hmm. in uh, federal U- United States District Court, Alexandria, Virginia. 240 years. Eight counts Eight. of bank fraud. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's not that's not going well for him. He also faces coming in the next I think week or so the start of another trial in federal district court in Washington D.C. Oh, yeah, where he's, he's, he's going to be tried. He's already got two hundred and forty years. Yeah, how many more? How many more can we give him? My, is he going to? We're about to find out. Is he going to take all of the years that we're about to find out? Some of, some of Trump would right. have. So we're about to find out. <laughs> so my, I think that the most fascinating thing about the uh, the decision there is that. We're going to get, like, I want somebody to, like, calculate the number of, of years that people get in prison at the end of this. Because we're going to get around, like, 5,000 years in prison. Probably. Total. Yeah. By the time this is all done. <laughs> so, n- so next week, let's tally, so far, how many years we're at right now. Right. Let's... Us, no, you're gonna you end up like. Let's, and let's, let's, do, let's, let's do the math. Let's you do that. And I'm sure. That, no, and I'm sure that some people find this number to be <laughs> like ostentatious. You do that. No, but I'm sure that some people are gonna find the number ostentatious. Like it's like, oh, five thousand years of prison. That, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But ultimately, for the the case of American democracy, it means that you know it, it's clearly beyond flawed at this point. Well, the uh, the Manafort question is this. He, you're right. He is facing it. Functionally, the remainder of his days right. behind bars, mm-hmm. he faces that prospect. And a few more. Um, so the question is, should he flip on Trump? Um, and there's a couple of schools of thought. One is, no, he need not do that because he can wait for the pardon. Mm-hmm. However, if the old man is guilty of the crimes that we think he's guilty of, he may not be around to pardon anybody. And you got to think about that if you're Manafort. Do I want to wait around a- after this guy gets on the after this guy gets on the plane and does one of these, right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's too Mike, late. Pence, Mike Pence isn't pardoning Paul Manafort? No, no. So uh, Pence has nothing to do with any of this. No. The other thing, though, does Manafort have anything useful that a federal prosecutor would want? Um, that is less clear. Uh, I tend to think. He he might. He certainly sat in on the the Trump, the infamous Trump Tower, the Don Jr. Yeah. Um, you know. I think that's adoption. The adoption the conversation. The adoption, adoption conversation. conversation. Yeah. I think. I, I honestly, I believe that that may just be it, um, because everything else, it, you know, it it didn't come as a shock when the counts came in. I was like, okay, that sounds about 
Right. Listen, yeah. if you take okay. a, if you take a federal criminal trial to a jury, uh, you're likely to lose because yeah. federal prosecutors don't play around. They don't. They have their shit together. They have like that. That case is locked down tight, and as right. we've said before, right. This your average federal prosecutor doesn't play around, and Mueller has put together an A team of federal prosecutors. He's, yeah, I really think these that cases that are locked down Mueller's, tight. Mueller's case is starting to grow, and I think that's huh. it's it's problematic. Okay, so there's a report that the that the uh, the Republicans are now starting to like pass around this this document of things that could feasibly happen if they lose the <laughs> House because mm-hmm. this Manafort thing was a big deal. Because okay, so I feel like nobody thought that anybody was going to get indicted on anything. That nobody nobody nobody's actually going to get caught. Like right. you're, you're going to have a whole bunch of trials. You're going to have a whole bunch of you know like legal like there's gonna be a lot of legal wrangling but there's gonna be nobody actually getting caught right and now that they've caught manafort it's like okay so this is the beginning of like all of the you know like all the all the all the president's men at this point for lack of a better term yeah uh and i mean you're not gonna get all of them you're not gonna get the trump but when you start to see these people start to capitulate at what point as a republican in congress are you starting to think okay well this man ran under my party and I have to now defend him when I run for elective office. Well, the calculus is pretty simple. The calculus, you know, because people, I, I, I keep hearing this and, it, and it, it, it drives me a little crazy because a lot of it is histrionic. When, when will the Republicans discover their, 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 their oversight, their co-equal branch of constitutional government? Um, look, it's very simple. Politicians act out of self-interest, and right now it is in elected Republican officials' self-interest, electoral self-interest, to uh, continue to look the other way at everything that Trump is doing. Right. How much we can sit here, we can sit here and, and and debate whether that's moral, whether you have, whether you should be taking a principled stand. Um, I think that there's, I think that there's great desire on the right for somebody, a conservative, to stand up and do what uh, John McCain has done so many times and take a principled stance and say, look, my party is wrong. The people running my party are wrong. This is what we need to do. This is what's consistent okay. with name, our American name me, values. Name me, that, name me that guy. There isn't one. There it is. There's well, not, I mean, that, not that, a I mean, single fucking one. That's what not I was going to say. Not I'm like, a damn why, one. Why isn't anybody stepping up like John McCain did? Because it is in their electoral okay. self-interest. Because so, you, because if you are that person, you're going to get primaried. A, and you're going to get primaried by a, a, a crazier Republican. I'll, I'll put it like this. One of the great things about John McCain is that he represented the state of Arizona, which is notoriously one of the most conservative states in the union. Right. So therefore, he was, it was grandfathered into that role. For, he, he was there for 36 years mm-hmm. you know yeah. so yeah. He, he could kind of do what he wanted to do as long as he brought home the bacon as long as he like you know like brought home like the pork barrel legislation mm-hmm. at like you know like elector election time and if you look at the the, the level of you know finance out there and the kinds of people that he's you know representing it's kind of simple like you're like okay so like you know i, I need to get a new front door for Mm-hmm. high school and mm-hmm. need to make sure that, you know, like these people like, you know, who run the businesses in the state of Arizona are getting like, you know, nice tax breaks. Do yeah. you, do Other you than think, that, I'm good. Do you think he really did own a public enemy are we, CD? Have we, have we, have we Oops. bled into our next topic? I mean, we may have. We, we, may, have. we may have. I mean, because listen, we didn't. We didn't even get to the most important thing that happened on no, Tuesday. Definitely, like, because Paul Manafort getting convicted on eight counts that was huge. Yeah, I feel like the Michael Cohen news was bigger because we actually have 
a guilty plea in which someone has implicated President Trump right. in a felony. And in a, we saw, a, what, happened. We saw think, what happened on Twitter. I when think that it got went down. overshadowed though a little bit. I think everybody was just, you know, not maybe for our circle of uh, of folks, but I think everybody else was just stuck on. He's he, he's gonna flip or he, yeah, look at how gonna, many count, look at how many counts he got. Look at it's like I, an I, it's like an episode of Law and Order for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. But Manafort, Manafort's the sexier one, but Cohen's the actual oh my like, God. lawyer involved in all this. So it's like he de- de- depends what your type is. <laughs> so so one is like the young and the restless, and the other one is like the bold and the beautiful. Exactly. It's it's the hour long soap opera with the half an hour that you I mean right. you really didn't watch, yeah. but you, it it was on totally. Oh so my I God. feel like. The re- the mere fact that I just explained it like was that. well done. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so I feel like people did it because people don't understand Cohen's role. No, all this. like Manafort's role is really obvious. Like mm-hmm. he ran the campaign. It's a very obvious yeah. thing. Even if you don't know what a right. a campaign director does, you're like he is a person of significant importance mm-hmm. in the you know the electoral process of somebody running for right. president until he got fired. Right, and mm. then you're like, okay, so he was in, he was in that meeting though. Right, of course he was. The, the, the adoption meeting. Cohen but, knows where all the bodies are buried. Right, yes. but the real Co- bodies. Right, and Cohen, mm. but that's not sexy. So that, and that's one of the the, the benefits of him yeah. flipping is that he's a low. Pro- okay, so it's funny when Trump went on Twitter and proceeded to bury Michael Cohen under like you know a hundred <laughs> years of rubble. Which was astounding. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's your lawyer, dog. If you you're looking for a lawyer, I recommend you not <laughs> retain <laughs> the services of Michael Cohen. I was like, wow. Well, that's why, that's why uh, Rudy Giuliani. It was, it was like, wow. The, okay. God, the Godfather. It was My crazy. Like, well, what Cohen did was he pled guilty to campaign finance violations. Right. Mm-hmm. And the theory behind the campaign finance violations, you know, you cannot... Uh, make unreported expenditures on behalf of the campaign right. with the express intent to influence the outcome of the election, you know, without doing the proper reporting. Um, and there's not a box that you can check for paying off porn stars that um, I may or may not have had uh, sexual relations with in the past. Yeah. And so this is a campaign finance violation that he is pleading guilty to, and he is implicated. I mean, you, in, you, you effectively have President Trump as an unindicted co-conspirator um, but in, in, in crimes that are not merely alleged. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's the important thing here. Right. Cohen has pled guilty. He has admitted in open court in front of a federal judge that he did these things and uh, that these things happen. You can you can you can question his credibility, and and those questions are more than fair. Um, but I'm sure that his testimony alone is not what is going to be the foundation of whatever case gets laid right. against Donald Trump. It's going to be Cohen's testimony that also happens to support the mountains of documents right. over here. So here's my problem with campaign finance reform: hmm. is that for 25 years. We have established a campaign that fi- campaign finance violations exist, mm-hmm. significant ones. You go back to you know the, the Newt Gingrich days, where you know like campaign finance reform, campaign finance violations are a thing that people are aware of and get, and they're aware that they happen. And we finally got somebody like 25 years later. So it's like, it's okay. So it's they the, tried it's to prosecute John Edwards on right. campaign finance yeah, violations. Yeah, you tried, but tried. You didn't get anybody. So here's the here's the problem with that though. Is that it's like if if I woke up tomorrow and they said that you know 
let me think. Good example. Um, let me say, like, uh, if they said, like, we're only on until nine thirty. No, no, stop. <laughs> if they, if they said, like, if they said Louis Farrakhan killed Malcolm X. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. And it's like thirty-three. It's like four, it, I'm gone. Fifty-five years later, right? <gasps> we've now discovered this, and you're like, I want to see you bring this back around. So you're like, okay, so 55 years has gone by. Because I'm stuck here with my mouth and open. And we figured out, okay, the person who did it. So this is the same thing with campaign finance reform. We've waited for like 25 years to like get one person. We've gotten close. Right, well, gotten close, but we got one person. One like, person. Like that's like a big fish yeah. in this. Like one person. So, but, but in 25 years, we've like kind of like salt-petered people to the idea that like there's anything of like deep, significant concern about this. That's the stuff that troubles me. It's like, Trump's okay, and I want people to understand this. Trump's okay with somebody taking an L for campaign finance reform. It's when you get into things like, you know, illicit sexual behavior, things that have never existed in the history of, you know, American politics at that level (laughs) in conversation, (laughs) in legal (laughs) conversation, and that's the troublesome stuff because that's new, hot, and sexy stuff. Well, I would say campaign finance, I mean, think about it this way. I mean, when you think about campaign finance, it is illegal to not report the expenditures of paying a porn star that you may have had sex with, but it is perfectly legal for Amazon to create a pack that you know has millions and millions of right. dollars that they that's can throw but into. But the average, the average American I mean, citizen doesn't into, know the difference. We get into, you get into campaign porn, finance. Porn, Amazon. Porn, Amazon. Right. So, like the average American citizen doesn't understand that, though. That's the thing. If you if you have to understand also that, like especially with Trump's you know constituency, his his base, they're not that politically aware. So they hear the just the words. Campaign finance reform and a picture of Newt Gingrich from 25 years ago pops up in their heads. Mm-mm, they don't even know who that is. Right, a picture of John Edwards from 10 years ago pops up in their heads. They may know she's yeah, he's married right. to the I'm pretty sure John Edwards lady. and Newt Gingrich don't pop up in anybody's heads. No, but in those, in no, but when you talk, no, but when you talk to like, an, like the average person who's like a Trump supporter who may be politically yeah. aware, yeah. that's what they think of. They're not thinking of like. This is a pressing major issue of concern right. because the things that they're pressing major issues of concern when it comes to Trump are like, okay, did he have sex with that woman? Did he? Did he? I mean, and know. if he did, then did did did, he, did, he, did she pee on him? That's and, and that's the, the genius of Trump is that he's the ultimate. He's the king of the red herring officially. Just so nasty. Like he's <laughs> the king of the red herring. Like well, they got that. what they got his. They 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 got two people who are very intrinsic to his inner circle on like very obvious terrible flawed like you know violations of you know american law mm. yes we call those felonies right like just <laughs> seri- like these are serious felonies like yeah. jail do not pass go and do not, do co- not pass go do and, and manafort has 240 years in jail yeah at no at no point does anybody who actually supports this man do they actually care I mean, no. d- does he have friends like who are his friends who manafort yeah does he have friends Listen, the man walks around in an ostrich skin <laughs> vest. That was sexy. If he has yeah. friends, they're not helping him. It reminded no. me of um, they're not helping waiting him. to exhale as yes. we were just talking about yes. it. You raggedy bitch. <laughs> I love it. Like, <gasps> like if he has friends, like if oh. I was Paul Manafort's friend, the first thing I'd be like, 
Let me talk to you for a little bit. Hey, man, let me pull your coat. Why don't we just... No pun intended. I think this is going to be hot next season, but this season, maybe mm. not so much. Why don't you just put this like in the back of the I'm still going with Andre Leon Talley. He burned him up. Because people, are, I mean, <laughs> it was it was beautiful. That's, that's he burned him other, up. That's the other oh part God. of this is that oh in the midst God. of these like red herrings, is that the people that are <clears throat> executing them are like out of central casting for like a really bad version of like The Apprentice in 2018, mm, God. where it's like, okay, so like Omarosa, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna write a book. Her book. Oh, so we were at um, the bookstore on Saturday on uh, H Street. Maybe they'll be a sponsor for us. Oh, so- solid solid state. state. Yeah, I love Solid State. Um, no one of the owners. They're good people. Actively, actively soliciting sponsorships, by active, the way. Actively. Yeah. You, can get your, you can get your company's name right so, here on DCTVD. Yeah, so Solid State. Guaranteed to be seen by at least, at least. 1,700? Like at least two people. I thought it was 1,700 yesterday. Okay. I said at least two. At least two. That's <laughs> all I'm promising. Somewhere between but two and 1,700. Two and 1,700. But the book was just so... Under promise, over deliver. It, it was just there. It wasn't on the good table. It wasn't even on the back table. It was just there. It was so, just... So it was not in the clearance bin yet. It's not in the clearance no, bin not yet. yet. But not but yet. But it was not in sort of okay. like the but featured I mean, it was first just, table that you see. No, absolutely. It was not store. in the beautiful, colorful... What was the With picture? The light shining. Oh no, the sim- no. the subtle art of not giving. Uh, yeah, yeah, like it was nowhere near any of that. It it was muted in with some other books, and it was like. Oh, there's her book. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> it, was, that. it was like two copies yeah, of it. It's like, it's like next to a book that has a dragon on the cover. No, no. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. The, dra- the dragon was yeah. more. Uh, Rudy Giuliani's <laughs> in his Yankees ring, just waving it about in the air so the people could see it. Like <laughs> these, these are. These are people behaving <laughs> in epic ways <laughs> to ensure that we don't pay attention to like the op- okay. My favorite one. I Giuliani about- should be shunned from society just for wearing a Yankees championship ring. I don't give a shit just that you were mayor public. of New York. I don't give a shit that you're a lifelong Yankees fan. We just don't give a shit. Like, actual, you actual, should be shunned for wearing a Yankees actual championship world, actual ring. World Series champions don't wear their rings in public. No, like that. they're in a vault. <laughs> that's right. Like that's Alex right. Rodriguez didn't wear it at the MTV, mm. you know, VMAs. No, that's right. Was it like, hey, right. J Lo, here's my ring. Here's my ring. No, so that's yeah. the no, thing. A- Alex seems very happy being a kept man. I I would be too. But I, uh, I mean, have you seen her? Forty nine. Who looks? Forty nine. I'm up here looking on the screen like. Trying to figure out how we can <laughs> get the girls together. Get the girls together. <laughs> anyway. But in any event, that's what I'm talking Like, this is where we're at with this administration. Like, Trump has found people that are willing to act in, in foolish ways. I wonder what Rex is doing. <laughs> Don't you to, believe that? Anybody talk to Rex Tillerson? He is sitting back like, God, yeah. thank you, Jesus. I was let go from this mess. He's on some. He's on some like wooden sailboat in Kenny Bunkport. I mean, the, like, I mean, how much did he release Exxon uh, Mobil, whatever? Yeah, for? just oh, I'm sure he cashed millions cash. yeah, of dollars. Um, yeah. The other funny thing that happened. A, a couple more funny things happened. Um, we found out that uh, uh, I believe his name is. David Pecker. Pecker. Yes. The unfortunately named <laughs> Mr. Pecker. Mr. Pecker. Terrible hey, Mr. Pecker. Has apparently turned state's evidence. Yes. The national, he, this guy runs the National Enquirer, and the National Enquirer, that was sort of like their MO 
Um, they call it what? What is it like? Catch and don't release or something yeah. like that. Or, or they burn. Catch and kill. Catch and kill. I don't yeah. know. So they pay. So they pay for the story and then they never run the story. With, right. With the whole last name Pecker and Catch, that was just <laughs> like no, it's a bad joke. I just, that's I mis- just love the fact Mr. That's Mr. Pecker. I love the fact that they put, that they got all that that they that they, <laughs> they, they took of all of at Shelby of DC. They took <laughs> all of the stories and they burned them and they like just destroyed <laughs> them. Right. It's like okay. Don, we're gonna, you know, picture like a big Lebowski type scene of a man in front of a big huge <laughs> <laughs> fireplace, just throwing, just throwing everything in there. Notes. I just, I just this bimbo. Know, and I just this bimbo. I just want to know what the check looked like. Was it like a golf Ooh, check? Ooh, honey, that check was. We are big fans of golf checks. We, we like golf big, checks. Big golf it's checks. a golf check. It's definitely yep. it's a big golf check handout yeah. from we, Don Jr. We could you, we could use Fredo. one over here. When you need the whole backseat of your car yep. to take that check right. down to the bank, that's Fredo. Mm-hmm. You're standing in line at the mm-hmm. bank. And I'm a big like, gigantic cardboard. I am gonna be on the X2 with my check. To me, that's Fredo. That's Fredo's job. Fredo's the one who goes to the Inquirer. That's his job. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's an A-level job right there. Oh, it looks like Trump, the uh, Trump Organization CFO has also turned state's evidence. Um, there's a story out there. I don't know how accurate it is that uh, uh, the doorman at Trump Tower <laughs> yes, alleges that uh, uh, Donald Trump has had uh, yet another brilliant child, this time with, uh, I guess, like, Housemate or something yeah, like that, or a service worker at Trump Tower. Oh yeah, but look at all these people. That it's out like there. I didn't write it. Again, I didn't write it, and I'm not vouching. I'm not vouching like for the I accuracy said. of that story in particular. Okay, so uh, in the midst, I think of we should give these people their private. In the midst of all of this, the Chinese and the Americans are negotiating tariffs back and forth every day. We're still just, at war, and just setting the the standards by which we are going to, you know, have war. Well, he against said each other. He said. He said. That uh, that he's close to a deal with Mexico to sort of like redo NAFTA. Okay. So this may be his strategy. The blood. Your, your strategy is like the, the nation comes together around a wartime president. So he's starting a war, but he's doing a bloodless war. He's starting a trade war, and then when he when he solves the trade war, he's going to be the big hero. Oh yeah. No, that's and how it's, gonna, it's that's how he's going to play. It's himself. the most. It's the biggest collusion <laughs> yet. Like you're. you're you got half the team in China, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you bring up because you know most most of Trump's like you know supporters don't understand that China's actually like a country where they do things other than make Chinese food. Oh I'm just being God. honest, like oh that's a thing. Wow. So they're thinking, okay, so like, wow. There's a there's a there's Mexico. You know Mexico because Mexico and they, is, do, and they do more than make Mexican, Mexican food. They do. Yes. They, sell, they 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 import drugs over the border. That's what they do. I was about to say something so wrong, and but I'm but just gonna swallow those words. So, so it's easier to <laughs> to get your 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 people this on board with Mexico. Like we, we're 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 working out NAFTA. NAFTA was NAFTA became regulation in 1992. And how how many of Trump supporters even know what NAFTA means? Oh, a lot of them do because they used to work for those those automotive companies that you know got shafted by NAFTA in '92. How many of our when three? their jobs went to Mexico and never came back? How did we go from collusion to global? That's collusion. <laughs> it's collusion. It's collusion. It's clear collusion. Like we're gonna have a conversation with the Mexicans about NAFTA. Like our our DCTBD T-shirt is going to be collusion, and then it's going to have arrows that are just going like, to everything you, of what like that's the collusion. That's, it's just so funny. It's is. Like we we were doing okay with China, but China's not you know China's not pushing oh the needle. 
China's not pushing a needle with the Times. No. The New York Times isn't really excited about China. They, they weren't reporting, but the only people that were reporting about China, like we talked about last week, were the Financial, financial Times. Times. The only people really diving in yeah. and like really making like you know big news headlines. So if so anybody would like to buy um, DCTVD, so it's just Ian and myself, because he already has a subscription. Yes, I do. So if anybody it's would like to buy Ian and I, we will share the password like it's, Netflix. It's crazy. So like there's just stuff like where it's like, okay, so like we're gonna, you know, this 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 tariff negotiation thing is working. It's it's we can also, mm-hmm. we can also we'll also take a sponsorship from the Financial Times as well. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That would be great. They are busy. We're in the Washington Post building. Hey. Yeah. We got you, FT. Yeah, yes. There it is. Gotcha. So in any event, so like, so now they're like, okay, so this 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 China thing's not necessarily working. It's not pushing the needle where we wanted to. Let's 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 go talk to the Mexicans. Okay. Because everybody knows Mexico. Hola. Well, all right. Uh oh. This is a top. This is this is this is a topic of of, of great great interest. To me, okay. Come a topic, a, a topic, a topic for which I'm ill-prepared. Did tonight. it surprise you? No, no. That, that NAFTA suddenly came. No, the and I'll tell you I'll t- uh, two things about really quickly about any potential deal with Mexico. Um, there's obviously a third party to the North American Free Trade Agreement, right? That being the nation of Canada. We, we don't uh, talk Prime about Minister them. Prime Minister Trudeau has already said he's not interested in renegotiating any part of NAFTA, mm-hmm. um, and certainly not on a bilateral, uh, uh, you know, U.S. Canada uh, basis. And so that gets me to my second point about this Mexico thing, which is the person that Trump is dealing with, who is Peña Nieto. Yes, and this guy is a just a class A fucking moron. This guy. <laughs> Like Peña no. Nieto, like he is one of the most unpopular. He's probably going to go to jail when he's done with his term as yes. president. Um, so this is who like, he's negotiating I, I with. Not gonna, I'm not going to get into the uh, the specifics of, of the Mexican politi- uh, political political game. We have enough trouble here with the American but political game. This guy's this a this guy's a just a just a just a fuckwad. Mm, mm. Um, but that's the guy. That's, he, but that's the guy Donald Trump is going to negotiate that's with. That's bad. Yeah, that's the guy. Is it is bad. That's so I bad. think, I mean, I think w- what you're going to get ultimately is some kind of a deal, a deal that's going to be nothing of significance that they're going to trumpet, especially Trump is going to trumpet as, you know, look at me. I'm, I'm the great deal maker. I worked around NAFTA. You ever hear of a little thing called the art of the deal? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I just pulled on Peña Nieto. I got some jobs back. Mm-hmm. The great president, Peña Nieto. Um all right, all right. Would all you right. rather deal with him yeah. or would you see him deal with Justin Trudeau? Oh no. <laughs> like, oh, and I'm the one. He's not going to get o- he's not going to get over on Justin Trudeau. Right. He will get over on Peña Nieto. And he knows that. So, all right. Like I say, I feel ill prepared for that discussion because that that is actually something of of, of, of no, but I do. Great th- but, I, but I had to go there because yeah. it's it's happening, and I'm like, <laughs> when I saw it pop up today, I said we have to talk about that. Briefly. It's the bloodless war, the bloodless war theory. Oh my happening it is happening it is happening all right let's talk for a few minutes um about senator john mccain he passed away uh was it saturday yes saturday um and we're recording this obviously monday evening there's been tributes and Mm -hmm. lionization of the man and you know to be sure there's there's i think a lot of good things that we can say Obviously, he's 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 a Republican. He was a conservative. Kind of came up in sort of that that Reagan conservative mode. Um, he's from Arizona, so there's the specter of Barry Goldwater that always hangs over yeah. Arizona conservatives, especially of that time, um, you know, late 70s, early 80s. 
Uh, he uh, is a graduate of the Naval Academy. In fact, he's, his remains will be interred on the grounds of the, of the Naval Academy in Annapolis. Mm -hmm. And um, I heard a story, I'm not sure, and again, I don't like to just shit on people, but I heard that he was actually like bottom of his class at the Naval Academy, like literally, literally bottom of his class. I think all of us and have Mike's heard giving, that. Mike's giving me thumbs up, yeah. so I think he's... <coughs> yeah. 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 Out of like 400 and... And he was, you know, he was 20. someone who's... <laughs> He was someone whose father had, had attended the Naval Academy, had served in the Navy. His grandfather had attended the Naval Academy and served in, in the Navy, so he was carrying on the family tradition. Um, his time for service happened to coincide with the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so he, he flew missions in Vietnam. He was actually shot down, um, survived the crash, but was taken captive by the North Koreans. He had suffered a broken leg, broken mm -hmm. ribs, like all kinds of all kinds of, of, of shit. And then endured approximately another five years of captivity, torture. Um, you know, I mean, that that is heroic. And, and, and the most heroic part of that to me is that at some point, you know, he's, his father was a, I can't recall if his father was a, a senator or, or he had some kind of, his father was important in, 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 in some respect. And so he had the opportunity to be released Early and he said, right. "No, are the rest of my right. my folks being released too?" And they said, "No, just you." And he said, "No, I'm staying." Yeah, um, and endured more beating, right? More torture. It's like they beat him for saying no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's you know, and 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 as a as a public servant, he has many many times bucked his party. Mm -hmm. He has worked across the aisle. He has sponsored legislation. Um, with Ted Kennedy, mm -hmm. uh, he was a signatory to the the, the famous McCain-Feingold campaign finance yes. yep. law, campaign finance. Uh, which is after Supreme Court decisions is basically has been obliterated. It, it, right. it no longer really serves any any purpose. But he co-sponsored that legislation with Senator Russ Feingold of the great state of Wisconsin, and um, you know so so so. There's there there's there's a legacy of bucking his party. That's where he kind of gets his the Maverick label, right? Um, but I, you know, there are also other things to consider, and, and I, I, I for one have always found it strange that someone who suffered so needlessly because the Vietnam War was a really needless, needless war. war, right? Who suffered so needlessly seemed so constantly ready to have the United States military entangle itself anywhere in war. and everywhere. I mean, um, you know, he obviously ran for president in 2008 against Barack Obama mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and lost. He also ran for president in 2000. He ran for yeah. the Republican nomination. Right. He, it was basically him against George W. Bush. You know, I mean, I, the, thought, the thought exercise is always, how does Al Gore respond to the events of September 11th, 2001. But mm -hmm. I always think, to me, it's always kind of like, what if we'd had McCain. President, President McCain? Oh, it, it would have been. Yeah, a, it might have bombed. There would, be, there would be a hole in the, in the ground. More, yeah. It would have been, been more than the book being upside down. Oh, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's so I, I feel like, you know, again, like you said earlier, Marcus, yeah. we represent various shades of left. Yes. I'm, I'm, I, Probably the closest to the center 
of the three of us. Yeah. I don't know where you're, I'm I'm you're, you're I'm way out there. You're an advocate of Chinese socialism. Damn right I am. <laughs> Do you watch Bill Maher by the way? Do you of watch? course, yeah. Did you see his yeah. his his new rules at the end where he was basically like if the if the if the Republicans are gonna be bought by Russia, it's time for Democrats to put themselves up for sale. Hey China. Yes. I'm all for it. I'm all <laughs> for it. If you're listening I'm all for it. Find the tax returs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been actually been saying that for a while. Like if this whole like if nobody suffers consequences from colluding with Russia, like I say, we call up China and just be like, the Chinese are ready too. That's the crazy part. Mm -hmm. These tariffs on you suck. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely get rid of the tariffs on you. Um, just right. So here's get my us, get us that P tape. Here's my take on um, <laughs> on John McCain. I've always felt like John McCain understood the base level. American ideal, mm -hmm. like the base level, not like, you know, like, cause, cause the Democrats get too into like, you know, ideology and deep thought. And a lot of the Republican, you know, side gets into like, you know, this antithesis of whatever the Democrats are doing. Mm -hmm. But McCain was there to like, understand that like, if you tell a person that the military is there to protect their freedom, then the military has one job when you are, you know, when, when your freedom is being, you know, when your, free, when your I guess when, when your freedom is in peril, mm -hmm. the military's job is to go to war to protect your freedom. And that was always his take on going to war. Now, whether or not he was a warmonger, is that's, that's the depth of the level of battle that he would, you know, like oftentimes advocate for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that's problematic. But again, if you needed somebody to have a strict constructionist read on what it was to be an American at the core base of what it was, I think that's the one thing that allowed him to cross the aisle so much mm -hmm. is that he understood, okay, he understood that, okay, so like after the Civil Rights Movement, after like, you know, 1970, like Americans are very diametrically opposed. And he mm -hmm. always, in a, in a lot of ways, because so much of his career is tied to Vietnam, he always stayed on that line that was created by the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. where there's that like liberalism that walks both sides of the aisle, where you understood like you know your son or your daughter who strayed to the left, if only because the war, because of the war, and and society was so wrong on the right, right, and he could reach across and say, hey. I get it. And he didn't have to say much past, I get it. Right. Like, I understand. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and, that, and I think that's, that's the part where a lot of modern thought on McCain gets it wrong, is that you know, we've had 50 years of life since 1970. In that time, there's been advancement. So this middle ground that exists, there's also now a big giant left and a big giant right. Mm -hmm. When it used to be this big giant thing in the middle, and that's where McCain was. Yeah, and that, and that makes it hard to like for some people to like actually understand why he did what he did. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I mean, I, I feel I feel like very very strongly about yeah McCain in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. And then Michelle, I know you had a lot of thoughts about. I did, I did, because, you know, as, as we were posting, you know, in, in regards to his death, I knew that there were going to be so many people that are saying, well, why are we, why are we saying rest well to, to this individual? What did he, you know, as everybody lo loves to say, what did he do for us? 
what mm-hmm. what 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 he only thought about his party or or himself and i and i just go back to i go back to the campaign trail and i go back to uh of course the video that they always show is the woman that is calling barack uh an arab an arab and right. i mean he snatches the microphone up oh, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, back in 2008. We're not doing yeah. that. And I remember, and, I, and I, I put this on Facebook, that I remember on the campaign trail in Virginia that another comment came up and a gentleman was, was going in and he said, nope, we're not going to do that today. You have a good day and walked away. He walked away to another group of people. And it was just, it, it, it was wonderful to me. I still believe that he should have picked Joe Lieberman. Um, yeah, I was Joe about to say. Such a, Joe was so good. Joe was so good. So he bad. should. He and and I mean, he Fuck said it. Guy. I should not have picked Sarah Palin as my running mate. No. Okay, well, that's, so. that's that's that that was that that was where I was going to go. I was going to say yes. It was very honorable of him to say no, ma'am. He's a good American. He right. just He and I just disagree. Right. But you know, um, he also unleashed. Palin and 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 that was really not good. Really gave voice to a, a, a strong what was a strong undercurrent, but still an undercurrent so, in the conservative so, so movement. You, that sort of anti-intellectual. So do you think like uh, everybody that he you know that when he introduced Palin and all of these you know folks that are I don't want to say the Rust Belt, but just I feel like the, the new Trump supporters. Like the, he gave voice to all of the people that we're yeah. now having to deal with. And I understand. I understand it strategically. It was two thousand and eight. Guy. Everybody. Well, everybody was pissed off at George W. Bush. He knew that yes. he was. He knew that he was skating uphill in two thousand and eight right. against the you know the, the 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 man who would go on to be the first African American president. Um, you know, just history. Like the wind just seemed just seemed to be behind right. Barack Obama. And his cause- like he knew he had to throw the hail mary. And you know Sarah Palin was an attractive white woman, yes. can, Republican governor from uh, Alaska. From Alaska, Alaska. and I and can see Russia. She just turned out to be so ill-equipped. So what do, what do you think about his um, his conceding speech? People still to this day talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think I was watching a report and they asked Hillary Clinton, Hillary, did you watch his speech as as you were preparing for? You know, it was kind of the um. Well, yes, I remember it. I was like, Hillary, stop <laughs> lying. <laughs> but what do you think about uh, about that? Once once again, he was telling America, no, you're not going to sit up here and boo. You're going to listen to what I have to say, and we are going to go back to, to the business that we have at hand. Yeah, it's um, it's a noble idea uh, that simply has no place in our in our conversation these days it's unfortunate it's it's unfortunate that we um, have become as tribal as as we have I keep I keep like I keep sitting here I'm like I've been like radicalized by the GOP. You know I mean, you know, so, I'm, I, 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 I've been radicalized by what's happened to the conservative movement and to his party. And while I, while I can appreciate, you know, my Twitter handle is woke since '84. I've been following politics, presidential politics in particular, since 1984. He's like, just I, he's, I, it's he's just a little older than us. <laughs> I'm a little same, older. I'm a little same older. Here, same here. You know, and and, and I've been woke since '78. There it is. Okay. <laughs> there it is. I remember, 
I remember the style of politics that McCain harkens back to, mm -hmm. even if he didn't always live up to that ideal himself. But uh, I think it's good that he puts it out there. But it is also a relic of a past time in politics. Did it's a relic that just it's 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 a mentality that simply doesn't exist anymore in our in our political reality in 2018. We had a we had a moment in '92. And I feel like it's a moment that we don't talk about enough. That's a year you don't really discuss. Yeah, we don't. 92? 92. Wow. Yeah. High so, school. I know. I was 14. Yes. Tribe, tribe Called Quest on cassette. Yeah. So, so we don't talk about 92. 92, we, you know, we, we bring in Bill Clinton. Yeah. Who, for all intents and purposes, was the like... The, the, first, the black, first black president. No, but he was the Camelot guy. Watch it. <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't. He was Camelot. He was Camelot. Him was Camelot part two. Yeah, he was Camelot. Him and, was not. And Him was what? not. He was Camelot, men in tights. Right. And the thing that I felt that, <laughs> and the thing I felt that, that we, we missed with that was how swift John McCain was to realize, because again, he comes from Vietnam, his entire People miscast and under, misunderstand his career. You forget that he ran for office after he was a war prisoner. Yeah. Therefore, everything that he does for the rest of life is defined yeah. by this one thing. Mm -hmm. So when he sees Bill Clinton get elected, I didn't, you know, like he, he's a he's a pot smoking hippie liberal who's president. He's like, I know this guy. Oh yeah, well this yeah this gets me into a this gets me into a whole other conversation. Right, but I'm saying about, like he got he, he knew that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I that's right. uh, that's exactly right, and that's why they did not get along. That's why they, right. they they never did. Although when Hillary Clinton was a senator, apparently she and John McCain did get along. Right, because Hillary's a different Hillary's a whole different animal. Well, I think in many ways Hillary kind of represents more of that '60s '70s liberalism to a lot of people than but, Bill, and that's a big I part of the reason the why she was, lost. Yeah, I think that the thing was is that. McCain had a moment when he did, you know, the campaign finance reform. With how swiftly it, okay, yeah. people, people don't remember. He suggested it was an idea that needed to happen. Mm -hmm. He found Russ Feingold. Oh wow! They sat down. I haven't heard that. They name. put it together. It rolled out. Yeah. They booted it through Congress, like literally, like machine style, like ramrodded it through Congress. These are congr these are these are these are men and women. I was more paper football. Right. At recess. Yeah, but no, he they ramrodded the thing through Congress. Like literally, like they went to people who were guilty of campaign finance issues under yeah. this legislation and said, You're voting for this. Yes. But it doesn't matter because oh, the, the Supreme Court's gutted it. I mean Right, but but in ninety two, at that time, yeah. for a, a liberal and conservative, a conservative of of you know of uh, the the renown at that point. Of, yeah, for sure. Of McCain to ramrod campaign finance reform through Congress in 1992 right. at the height of like all sorts of graft and all sorts of unnecessary levels of there certainly campaign was finance that. violations. Mm -hmm. It was a it was a but it was let's also let's also be fair. 1992. We did have a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate. Right. It was much easier to get progressive. But still, you still have to look at this man yeah. and go, why are you? <laughs> why, why are you the one who is at the forefront of this? I think that was actually a principle of his was, was, was campaign finance. And that I'm, 
This is another topic that, that, that I feel like we could do almost an entire show on is, is because this gets into First Amendment issues. I mean, that's right. the basis. Mm-hmm. That's been the basis for the Supreme Court gutting any attempts at campaign finance. And we should really talk about this as someone who I, 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 I read up on a lot of constitutional law. So um, right. that's, and, that's you, an issue. That's an you issue. You and Barack. Talk. <laughs> yeah, me and Barack. You and Barack. Uh, no, Barack does not put me in, in, his, in, his, in his category. Um, let's move on really quickly. Um, the DNC voted this week, the Democratic National Committee voted this week to eliminate superdelegates from its presidential nominating process in 2020. Yes. Just really quickly to bet what superdelegates are. In order, to, in order to win a party's nomination, you have to win the majority of delegates at the convention. Um, and the Democratic Party has something that's called superdelegates, which are you know, elected officials, um, pretty much I think every, mem- every Democratic member of Congress, every Democratic senator, um, I'm sure every former president, whatever, um, was a superdelegate. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they had the same votes as regular delegates. And so this was seen as a win for kind of like the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democratic Party to the extent that such a wing actual of the party actually exists it was seen as a a a victory for that you know that 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 ideology um the theory being that that superdelegates are what cost bernie the nomination right. against hillary I, I i i think that's not a super strong case but but i'm i'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong on that um my question is this is this a good thing no. Is this a good thing? And let me and let me let me just really quickly. I've I've, I've spoken yeah. I've spoken a lot, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts. But but if the Republicans had super delegates in 2016, is it possible that they would have stopped Trump from getting the nomination? No. 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 If they had super delegates, no. if they had super delegates, no. some the super delegates were the ones that were supporting Trump. No. But they didn't have votes on the no, floor. But if they, but if they, they didn't, did. they didn't have votes on the floor because there were there are no there were no super no, there are no superdelegates in but the Republican. But if the Republican Party had superdelegates, these are all people who would easily be supporting Donald Trump. Easily, you. I think. I think easily. you're. I think you're. I think you're. This is. I think this is a little bit of revisionism. If we go back and well, I mean, read and read yeah. what if we go back and read the things that people were saying, Republican officials were saying when Trump was had not yet secured the nomination, it was very much a do not fucking nominate this guy. What are you people doing? What on earth are you doing? How can you be thinking about this? And I think if had there been super, I think had there been super delegates in the Republican nominating, they they would have coalesced around a Ted Cruz or a Marco Mm. Rubio, and they would have said we cannot have this man represent our party. Trump, Trump had a whole game plan. We're learning now. As these people get indicted, <laughs> Trump did not have a plan. Trump he is not. A, he no. is not. He is not a strategic thinker. They, he is a gut player in the moment. He does not think. No, he but, is. Okay. He is even as a checkers player. He can't even think. How do two, you? Two how do you? Ahead. How do you? How do you navigate seventy thousand votes then? What do you mean navigate seventy thousand votes? Like how do you understand how to apportion the country in such a way so as to know exactly where you need to put this man? To stand in front of people to get them out to vote. I think his gift was understanding what people wanted to hear. Uh, I mean, and obviously. he's a which is which is the essence of being a con man. <laughs> and Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio called him a con man during um, during the during the the 
the, the primary, right. and he was 100% right. Donald Trump is a con man. He's a master con man. He is a m- He's the smartest dummy Putin could find. So the key, but the key, but the, the key to any to any good con man. Okay, there's nobody who has the con that works on everybody. So the key to being a good con man is picking your mark. And he and they did. And he picked his mark, Republican voters. And is that, is that not a is that not a a plan that exists in the world? Is it not a plan to actually go to the Russians and say, okay, so this is the part of our campaign. I don't think I don't think I handle. don't think that I don't think that anybody in Trump world said, all right, let's get the racists together with the economic conservatives and let's build this coalition you, this way. And if you like, look at the to he's me, a gut player. But if you look at and the, a lot of people love that he was shitting on people who supported Obama. But it, but at the same time, if you also look at the the kinds of Facebook pages that have been shut down, how many how many there's six hundred fifty two so far. Yeah. But if you look at those 652, you look at the kinds of pages that they are, like there's obviously some kind of game plan. I don't know if it's like a I don't know if it's like the first 20 plays like the San Francisco 49ers in 1986, but it's it's not that. It's Bill it's, Walsh's uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> scripting right, yeah. scripting his first play first No, that's plays. not it. That's not it at all. It's I think it's <laughs> much I think it's much less, you know, like planned out than that. You didn't you didn't expect that one, did you? That's nice. That's nice. There you go. But, uh, but and no, I'm so just stuck in the middle. Like, hmm? It's all good. So <laughs> in any event, um, I feel like you can thank um, the, the, the uh, you can thank Bernie Sanders. Ugh. You can thank uh, Miss Ocasio-Cortez. Sick of Bernie. You See? can also thank. Glad uh, uh, Yeah. You can also thank uh, Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. You could thank uh, all of the African-American women that are running nationwide. For elective office. Ooh. Well, this actually kind of gets me into the... the and, and, and I think that's the reason why... Because I was getting ready to read a quote from Donald Brazil. And I think that's the reason why you're getting rid of the superdelegates, because the Democratic Party knows that these people who are, like, ostracized members of the Democratic Party... Their establishment. ...actually making the establishment push. So it's like, you can't hold them back. Because if you hold them back, then you're potentially holding back people that can feasibly stop the Republican onslaught. So I have two, I have two questions about this, Michelle. Um, did Bernie actually win the 2016 primary? And here's what I mean by that. If you look at every, virtually every Democrat running mm-hmm. is in favor of Medicare for all, mm-hmm. is in favor of a $15 per hour minimum wage. Um, several planks of the Sanders platform mm-hmm. are now um, conventional and received wisdom mm-hmm. in the Democratic mm-hmm. Party. Uh, you know, it's moved the Overton window to the left. You didn't think I was going to drop that, did you? I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. It has moved the Overton window in, within the Democratic Party to the left. Um, did, did, did Bernie, by losing, actually kind of win over the party as a whole? And maybe, maybe Hillary, by winning, <laughs> lost the party for the establishment well, as a I, whole. Well, I, I think... Maybe the, that's another way to look at it. But. Yeah, I, I think we're lost. Um, and, and I'll read the Donna Brazil after I kind of give my, uh, my, my take on this. I, I do believe that the Democratic Party is lost. The DNC is, is I don't want to say it's done. There needs to be some restructuring, um, some, some revamping um, with some things, and, and having the, the priorities of what needs to be done um, revisited. Um, did Bernie win? It's like a yes, no. Um, he definitely lost. Um, more people put their backing with Hillary. They did, for um, sure. Definitely did. 
not realizing how much we were up against with Trump, yeah. not knowing that, you know, all that was brewing. Because also underestimating the antipathy for Hillary Clinton. Right. Like, uh-huh. you know, what have I always said? Everybody went to sleep the, mm-hmm. the Wednesday after the election. After, yeah, in 2008, everybody went to sleep. You all went to sleep because Putin was like, oh, I've got eight years to figure this out. And that's exactly what he did. He probably did in less than eight years. Um, Donna Brazil said um, at a time when we're trying to figure out as a party if we're going to disenfranchise those who are party leaders, party officials, party donors, party activists, and the grassroots, I think this would just really kick the you-know-what out of us, um, and and she means that, and and I, I love the she fact she means that as a negative, but that sounds more like a feature than a bug. No, it's okay because I love how they still go to. This is NPR. They're like Donna, we're coming to you. We need a quote. The hardest thing that about this is that Hillary's entire strategy in 2016 was to stare at Bernie Sanders and look at the Republic, look at the Democratic Party, and go. This what you know this man is against the status quo. Right. This is what y'all want. Yeah, it wasn't even that. It was just, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even negative. It was just principled. Like, we are representing the status quo. We yeah. think the status quo is enough. Mm-hmm. The status quo is as established, by the way, by he who shall not be named, the black man who was president right. for eight years. Right. I mean, you know? he, d- he divided us totally. <gasps> he did, but he, again, Bernie the, the great Barack. Barack the, the greatest thing that Barack ever did was that he maintained, elevated, and celebrated the status quo. Mm-hmm. Like, he created a status quo. He created a base level of Americanism. Yeah. yeah. And he celebrated it every day mm-hmm. in every ounce of his fiber of being. And Hillary just stood there behind Barack's entire... Yeah. This is the problem. She stood behind Barack's entire Because platform. she's always been behind. Right. And she's like, hey... Remember all of this stuff? That's the status quo that we liked. Nothing was advanced or changed. Like, you know, like healthcare was obviously going to get gutted, like McCain, like, you know, like McCain Feingold. Like, and that's going to happen at some point, more than likely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she's like, okay, so do you like this? Or do you like the socialists? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was clearly her strategy. And, and it's like, I'm sure it would have been the strategy too for, had Bernie actually won the primary and, and, Taken on Trump in the general. I'm sure you would have heard socialist every day, every... Right. You know, I always ask the question seconds. to people, do you know how many African-Americans have worked for Bernie um, in his congressional office? <coughs> <laughs> well, somebody call all those African-Americans in Vermont and get them... Two. Get them into, get them into D.C. so that we can... Two. Uh, so he can increase his representation. I said two. Those may be the only two black people in Vermont. <laughs> My point. <laughs> but I'm talking That's about That's 100% but, of but the I'm black population. About, no, I'm talking about here. I'm not just talking about Vermont. I'm talking so, about here. So, no, but that's most people, that's the, the, the people in two. congressional offices usually no. look for people from their state. No, but I'll tell you the thing about, I mean, about, about Bernie as well. Even but shout out, to, shout out to Simone. I, this, Simone to me did. She's and, great. Simone did an amazing job. The good Sanders. Ocasio Cortez. I enjoy her because she's from New York City. Yes, and so this is why she's a superstar now because you you fi- we finally got the socialist, even though like you know she's still rough around the edges when it comes to the interviews and she's not like you know press ready at all. She'll get Bronx there. Puerto Ricans like I've been here all the time, mm-hmm. right? She'll and, get there, and it's like, but 
the Democratic Socialist Wing of the Democratic Party now has their nexus hub in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's not like in the, the wilderness of Vermont. As a person who loves going to Vermont on vacation, I do. I do love Vermont. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's in the, it's I, I want to go. Okay. I want to go. It's in the hinterlands. There's nothing going on. That's the best part about Vermont. Is you turn on if the news. If the state of Vermont uh, wants to sponsor DCTVD, we'll, yeah. even, we'll, even do, we'll even do a mobile remote. Yes. If you, if, yes, we will. If you turn on news, like if there's like three states in the, in the union where if you turn on the news. Are they legal? Marijuana legal in yeah. Vermont? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. We're good. Yeah. So there's three, there's three states where you turn on the news in the morning and you're just like, this is not happening anywhere else in the world. Oh, yeah. You turn on the news in Maine. You turn on the news in New Hampshire. You turn on the news in Vermont. There are things that are happening on the news in there, uh, up there that have nothing to do with the rest of the universe. So it's like the trans woman, you know, like... In Vermont, In yeah. Vermont. In like Vermont. Governor. Is the, is, is probably the governor. Win. Yeah, she's yeah. probably going to win. The trans woman's going to be the governor. Why? Because what there's, there's, there's a level of, like, progressive politics there where, like, you could be progressive and you don't infringe upon anybody else doing anything. Mm-hmm. You're in your own lane. Right. So like when, you know, like when uh, Cortez wins in New York City, now you're infringing upon people. Yeah. You're actually infringing upon people. Like this is a real thing. Like, oh my God, this is crazy. Then you have Stacey Abrams, who's a black female who's going to be the governor of Georgia. Georgia. Your lips to God's ears. That's going to be a tough race, man. That's going to be a tough no, race. She's, she's going to win because she's going to pull, like, okay. So any one thing you know about Atlanta. Hot. Atlanta. Because that's the key to the whole race, by the way, is she's going to well, mobilize. Yeah, if you're a black woman running in Georgia, right. yeah. Atlanta's going to be pretty important to you. Atlanta and Fulton County. Yeah. They're going to turn out. It's going to be like Obama style. It's rough crowds down like, there. Standing in front of the polling place, like Obama style mm-hmm. turn up. Like she, you got to realize she was, she had standing room only, um, Events, Man, campaign events. Years, I really hope she wins yeah. that race. I really so, hope but she. In the in the midst of all of that, like, the Democratic Party's like, wait, mm-hmm. there. And and here's the, here's the problem with the Democratic Party right now too, is they're looking for the white lady. Oh God! Like they're actively trying to like find find the the find Elizabeth Warren and like. No, like, leave Elizabeth where she is. And they're looking is. for Kirsten Kirsten Gillibrand and people like that. They're no. like they're like. Where's the white lady? Because we know with the white lady, we know what we have. No, let, let them go. And they're not, and that's what they have to do now. And that's is why they're now like, okay. So we understand that these people that we have positioned as party leaders for, you know, the next like 20 years after, you know, the the the, the terror of the the Trump win, like literally 500 days later, you're like, well, they're they're not gonna really do the job. So we need to find these new leaders and they're all going to be people that we we just generally don't, you know, for lack of a better term, fuck with. Oh, well. So now we have to like get rid of these super radar. delegates and like let them get to the front immediately because we need them like to stand there and stare down whatever it's it, whether it's it's Trump or it's whomever yeah. running in the, from the Republican Party. And I'm not I'm 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 I'm, I'm being devil's advocate in, in in some way. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm a, a huge fan of super delegates, but I think. That statement, you're, you're you're putting an awful lot of faith in voters because what we've seen is that without some kind of a break, yeah, on the process, without some kind of establishment break on the process, you can you can quickly lose control of that process, and we saw that happen to the Republican Party in 2016. And look, you know, Hillary. I mean, 
should not have lost that race. There's a million <laughs> factors. It was hard we to get it out. We've discussed huh? it. We've discussed it ad nauseum. Uh, we we don't need to relitigate. But but um, you we're know, going to a four. It point. It's not going to work. Listen, mm-hmm. you 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 flip seventy five thousand votes out of you know about a close to you know one hundred and fifty million, one hundred and sixty million that were cast. You flip seventy thousand votes, which is less than one percent, mm-hmm. um, and and Hillary's president, and we're talking about what have the Republicans done to themselves? Right. They so nominated Trump. They had there was nobody, there was no adult in the room who could stand up and say, "Look, we can't do this. This is <laughs> this is wrong." Um, and now we're 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 living with those consequences. Well, I will tell you what is wrong is that Nicki Minaj is staring at me, and I don't I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to say, and uh, I feel I wanna, uncomfortable. As a final point about this, I guess <laughs> it's not going to work oh. for the Democrats. Yeah. All right, we'll see. It doesn't because you're going to end up. Quote, you don't, you quote, don't believe that there's a blue wave. Are we going to quote this on 9:07? No, PM? it doesn't. It, it there's there's okay because Americans. And as a socialist, as a Chinese socialist, like Chinese you said, socialists. Americans are deathly afraid of socialism. Yes. Deathly. Like, we they don't still, because, because, uh. because McCarthyism worked really well. Americans are deathly afraid of anything socialist. Some Americans are. Many Americans are. The Americans are who not. vote. The Americans who vote. The Ameri- Americans who vote in greater, in greater proportion, yes. Yes. Deathly afraid. But but if you're a millennial, if you're a millennial, if you're so I don't even know how old millennials are. Let's say so let's say let's say you're 20. That might even Un- be that under, might even be that your, might even be this is your this is your, first, this is your first election then. This is so this is your first election. You're 20 years old. Your first presidential election coming up in 2020. Um, all you have known in your memory is the post 2008 crash. Yeah. And what capitalism is to you is most people you know struggle mm-hmm. and the real housewives flaunt their right. riches and wealth on TV or at right. least the appearance of because I frankly think some of those some of those ladies broke. Well like my auntie they said broke. They my, broke. like my auntie said, <laughs> I've lived in Potomac since seventy two and I've never seen yeah, those women yeah. before. That's the one that, <laughs> I, I actually think I actually think the Potomac one is the one that awesome. has the most the most, the highest percentage of of, of broke ass ladies. Yeah. So anyway, pure dipshittery. Pure, pure dipshittery. But shout out to one of the line producers. Hey, girl. Okay. Anyway. All right, we're not gonna talk Nicki Minaj. Good, cause she's over there staring at me, and I'm feeling a little insecure she's, this evening. She's, she's staring. She's staring at me. Actually. Whatever. <laughs> I wish you would turn oh, your computer Onika. around the. Up. All right, here. There we go. Thank you. There we go. Oh, feeling uh, feeling some type of way over here. We're gonna talk about Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. You What's can't. Going on? You we can't even get her name out. <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were gonna we were gonna have a, an intervention with Nikki tonight, but there is no need. She's gonna so have to, she needs first up. of all. She's gonna have to hold up. As much work as she has had done, she looks like she's been eating off my plate. Um, does, doesn't that stuff pop after a while right. or stretch? She's, got, she's or? got the she's got the good stuff. She's the only one. She's the only one. She didn't get the K Michelle. All right, no, right. she didn't get the K Michelle. No, she didn't get the K Michelle. Poor K Michelle. Not the granules. K Michelle really. She was like, I was really in the hotel rooms getting injections in my ass. Mm-hmm. Baby, yeah. you went to FAMU. Yes. You know that's my family. She's gonna be a so. trained educator. Mm, poor thing. And then she she pledged that that sorority. That, mm. 
Welcome to yeah, DC yeah, TV Day. There are levels of bla- of like inside <laughs> politics blackness they inside have on the show. Hey, inside HBCU. I mean, y'all know I am all day HBCU. So just <laughs> that's Pretty just phenomenal in me, you know. Phenomenal. Pause. <laughs> my, my, my wife and I had this discussion the other night. Is North Carolina A and T? Is that yes. an HBCU? Yes, all absolutely. Right, yes. It's across the street from the school that I went to. Yeah. That is Bennett College. I got that. For women, shout out to all the Bennett Bells out there. You shout know. out, shout out. Yeah, because we spent a lot of time. Shout my out, shout out to my beautiful wife who is usually right. Yeah. This time. My f- my father would call like on Saturday mornings and say, um, "Michelle, this is your father." No shit. Um, I paid tuition for you to go to Bennett College. Why are you over at North Carolina A and T? Because I want to be. Okay, anyway. <laughs> this is where the better parties are. <laughs> oh, God. Where are they? Ooh, where are I guess. You? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, college. Um, anyway. All right. We're down to our last 10 minutes. So yes. let's try to get, we each get a choice, a bish or a favorite thing. Oh, that's kind of hard. I have, I have mine. Right, if you got two, you got. Th- so my, mine is the same topic, but it's a bish and it's a, my favorite thing. Okay. Then let's go Marcus first. Yeah. What do you got? What do you oh, got for us? Gosh, um, my favorite thing is that we're a week away from last week tonight coming back on television because um, the, the Sasha Baron Cohen uh, This Is America show what the is hell really was bad. What is was it? that? It's really bad. And, he needs uh, to stop. I, mean, it's, it's, I don't have showtime. Okay, so it's frustrating. It's terrible. Because really? Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen, right? It's like a, it's like a, it's a, di- diminishing, it's a law of diminishing returns with his style of humor because it's, it's so physical and it's so... Gross, but and people keep falling for it because because there's a base level of you know like Trump supporter type people who are on the other side of that that you know are willing to watch the the the, the wacky sort of brown British man do things on television with his you know sort of wacky sort of brown British man like you know sensibilities yeah yeah Mm-mm. and it's frustrating he is not being okay. hill so last week tonight coming back yeah that's your favorite that's it's my favorite thing because um. I think uh, John Oliver has a real space to like actually be significant in the conversation. Yeah, for sure, for okay. sure. I'm gonna really quickly my my bish my bish, as we sit here, we are officially, and for those people who don't know, um, I am a un- proud University of Michigan graduate. I believe maize and blue. You're Michigan literally wearing football. maize and blues right now. I am literally yeah. wearing this is Darth Vader with the Michigan. Luke, helmet. I am your father. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and we start a week, uh, not yeah, on Saturday night against Notre Dame. Yes. Uh, the two winningest programs in college football history. <laughs> Going at it. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but my bish is with college football preseason analysis because it's like they haven't started yet. Nobody's doing. Nobody does any homework. They just basically go by what happened last year, right? And they assume that that's what's going to happen. This year, right. like if you go through you know, on ESPN, I was watching like their preseason, and everybody is picking. All right, pick your Final Four playoff teams. Well, it's gonna be Clemson, it's gonna be Alabama, it's gonna be you know, and then the other two are wild cards. But everybody's got Clemson, everybody's got Alabama, everybody's got you know, everybody's got Ohio State winning the Big Ten. When we all know, at the end of the day, it's gonna be Michigan. Right. I mean, well, well Ohio State's got their own mess of issues. Ohio State's right got now. Ohio State's got a mess of issues, but it's just. Like this is a time of year where I'm just literally I am starved. I'm craving college football analysis content. I want validation of my I'm sure like wild beliefs that that that, that Michigan's going to win the national title this year when my hopes are probably going to be dashed by mid October. Uh, 
you know, I, I'm so starved for content, and the content is such shit. It's such garbage. So that's my bitch for this week. College football, preseason analysis. Any asshole can see what they happened last year and be like, oh, that's probably what's going to happen again this year. <laughs> Never works that way. Garbage. Oh, God. <laughs> well, as I'm now viewing a video of John McCain dancing at somebody's go-go, um, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll share that later. It was just sent to me. Um, my, at Shelby of D.C. At Shelby of D.C. Sure it is. Uh, on Twitter, that's the only thing you can follow me on. Um <laughs> I may change that, you know. And, You're and blocked. You're blocked on all the I others. am blocked on all those. Facebook tried to take me down last week. Don't slide in her DMs. Mm-mm. Better stay out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my... Best stay out. Oh, God. My bish for the week is definitely the uh, French Open. Wow. Yeah. You... Doesn't the French Open take place in June? Yeah, they took, a, they yeah. took an L, though. You L, can maybe. suck everything out of the behinds of every black woman, every white woman, every Hispanic woman, every woman on the face of this earth that has ever given birth, not given birth, tried to give birth, can't give birth, suck it all. Because how... Don't don't say that to Don Jr. Never mind. Um, How can you, as an organization, but I get it, you don't understand anything about the female body. For you to sit up there and decide to tell Serena, what, you, what do you what? what yeah, so let us know. Let us yeah, know exactly yeah, yeah. what you're. What oh, you're I know where she's going with this. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. The French um, Tennis Association has told, basically, the French Open has told Serena Williams that she has been banned from wearing her black cat suit. Her black cat suit that Nike made for her to basically. Um, keep her from having blood clots while she was playing. It also helps when she's on the rooftop fighting with Batman. <laughs> no, I, I. The thing with the cat suit is that is that. <laughs> well, I, welcome fridge, to DC TV. No, this fridge, is just what we the do. Fridge, the French Tennis Association is is fearful of going down the Black Panther hole. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> they are. That's literally the reason why they think Serena's going to get on the court and she's going to go... Let's, go. <laughs> Let's talk about the white cat suit that was worn. Um, la- tennis player, last name K, something, something, something. Cornicova. And it was like, ni- was it 1985, 1995? Cornicova would have been 96, 97. Somebody yeah. had a white like cat suit style. But, but Anna Kornikova was a, a, a Russian supermodel. And so Serena is just a stacked cornbread muffin that. No, Serena's an athlete. She's a, Serena's she's, a fucking athlete. No, the, the, she's an athlete. The pro- she's a beast. Yeah, exactly. That's problematic for a lot of people still. That's bullshit. It's yeah. problematic, and it's I feel. Bullshit. I feel like. Sorry, I can't define Im- no, any of my other words no, this totally evening. No, it's totally understandable. Like I feel like the real issue with Serena is that she's still dominant. Like if she was not, I, if she if she were like, what, do, would you get on the court with her? No, not at all. But no, it's like the thing. So it's like <laughs> if she were an also ran at this point of her career, and she wanted to like you know have a child and wear a black panther pan, black panther cat suit, no problem, <laughs> no yeah. problem at and all. And had a pretty belt whatsoever. to go with it. Right, like no problem at all whatsoever. Serena's doing a thing for like you know black power, black pride. That's cool. But when the black woman who's wearing the black cat suit and is is also you know like going to win. 
the tournament demonstrably yeah. in a way that's like really, really obviously like demonstrable. Like she's going to like demolish. Anybody. I don't even know how to spell demonstrable. So, so okay. it's like, okay, we have to see this thing for like six rounds. You damn right. Like, yeah, that's not I'm wearing problem. a black cat suit next week on DC TV. There it is. Folks. Yes. All oh, the more reason but, to tune in. But, yeah. my, but my favorite. So I told you it was going to roll into one. All right, Lord, everybody, the microphones are going to melt. Lord, have I got mercy. Excited. I, I got excited. Everybody got excited next for next week. My favorite thing is still correlated to Serena Williams and the banning of her black cat suit is because the queen, Billie Jean, uh, stepped up and said, uh, y'all wrong as hell for doing this. Uh, I'm going to speak out. Billie Jean Queen. Yep. Yeah. Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King. Yeah. She is the queen. She is the queen. Yeah. So that's all I got. Yeah. That's all we got. Yeah. Uh, 920. We, and we are. We got y'all. Killing it. Absolutely killing it here. Insecure. <laughs> um, thank you to everybody for tuning in to another episode of DCTVD. Yeah. Thank you to Mike, Nick, setting everything yes. up, Production. having our back, making us look good. Thank you to One Love Massive for sponsoring us. Thank you to the good people here at uh, Mind Space. Absolutely. Not, absolutely not. Do not refer to it as Mindscape. No, it is not no. Mindscape. It, it is, is Mind, mind Space. space. We, don't, we don't have anything to do with Mindscape. It is Mind Space. Mind We're in the space. Washington Post building yes. here in downtown Washington, We are DC. on K Street. We're on K Street, yeah. We're moving on up. Do Real you know thing. how? We move on up. We George and Wheezy this we, bitch. We George and Wheezy. George and Wheezy. I'm going to do my George Jefferson walk at some point. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, I did post that as a gift. <laughs> I know you did. It was wonderful. That was great. That was great. Oh. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. Good night. All right. Peace. Peace.